Welcome to the Land Your Bet Sports Betting Podcast. Josh Lander, your host here as always, looking at a baseball slate here on Monday, July 31st, last day of the month, getting a few bets in here for you guys on the MLB slate. A little bit small, as expected, coming off of a bunch of weekend series here. Every single team in the league actually played on Saturday, so we have a smaller slate here on Monday, as we're kind of used to. Just going to run through what happened last show, because I'm very proud to announce we were just one more. Uh, We had another week of one game that caused us to avoid a sweep, but we had four wins and just one loss so definitely nice pickup there on Friday night if you were following along here on the land your bets sports betting podcast we went four and one like I said with eight 0.484 units that we won, so nearly a full unit won on the day. Uh, we had the Phillies' first five money line. We had the Phillies' money line. We had Zach Wheeler with 6Ks and the Phillies' money line as a player performance double there on FanDuel. Got all those right. Also got Max Scherzer to get over 5Ks, the newly acquired Rangers' Max Scherzer, I should say, as he's now in Texas getting dealt from the Mets, who are not going to make the playoffs and who are now unloading some of their talent and all of their payroll. So he's on the Rangers now, but in his final Final game as a Met did cash us 0.4 units on over 5Ks. And the only game we lost there was Detroit, who lost to Miami, came out and got a big uh, lead that was, well, they gave up a big lead right away. We're down pretty much 4 nothing for most of the game, came back to uh, nearly tie it up and just couldn't put it together there at the end. And they do end up losing that game to the Miami Marlins, as they were underdogs, were the Tigers. But uh, we tried to get a little bit of juice on them and, and couldn't get the win there. But on the season now, 17 and 14 up about 2.3 units. So feeling pretty good about, you know, just a few three weeks here on the Land Your Bets podcast, getting up a couple units there for you guys on the MLB. And we'll look to keep it going here as I'm giving out my first bet. Baltimore at Toronto, and I'm taking the dog here. Baltimore is plus 120 on the money line on FanDuel. I'm putting a quarter of a unit on it there uh, to get back about 0.3. Uh, and, and Baltimore, you know, they're, they're taking on a Toronto team that is good. I mean, their offense is incredible right now, and they've got Kyle Gibson on the mound. And this, at first glance, might not seem like the best bet, but Kyle Gibson is a very specific type of pitcher that I think can give these or uh, these uh, Toronto Blue Jays a bit of trouble. Um, I'll start with the bad for Gibson. He's got a bad ERA. Uh, I mean, it's it's up around four. His expected ERA is up over four and a half. Um, but he's he, what he's done a good job of is not walking people and not giving up home runs. And when you're a pitcher like Kyle Gibson, who doesn't have quite the stuff, if you will, to get it by pitchers with your your pure speed, velocity, or, or any of any of the uh, sort of raw talent, uh, arm talent, he's really got to focus on outsmarting guys keeping the ball away from the strike zone, but also not walking guys. So he has a smaller margin for error, and and that's why he's giving up a bunch of runs. Um, But whatever the expected numbers say, like he kind of is what he is at this point. He's 35 years old. Um, He just, he never really got tons of swings and misses, and he's still not going to. But he does have a bunch of different pitches, and the two pitches that I'm focused on here are his sinker, and his changeup, and he's got a pretty nice sweeper as well. If you look at the his his heat maps here for his pitching, um, but really those two pitches specifically against this uh, this Toronto lineup, that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at him to be able to get ground balls against them, potentially strike them out a bit. Um, I think there's some opportunity for the fact that Toronto, while it's a top ten offense for sure in, in the league without question. 
the pitches that they struggle against, and it is specific to right-handers a bit more because of the amount of righties they have in their lineup, but two right-handed pitchers, the sinker and the changeup, are the pitches that give them the most trouble. Uh, the, the sort of minus, you look at the run value, right? How often are they getting runs uh, when they face these pitches versus when they're either you know getting outs or, or, or failing to even you know contribute to the offense? There's sort of a, it's called a run value. They have a minus seven run value against the sinker. Um, these are specific stats that you can look up on places like fan graphs. Um, sometimes baseball reference has things like this for you where you can check out the pitch splits and the differences there between how offenses do against certain pitches and how pitchers do throwing certain pitches. Uh, and these two pitches specifically keeping the ball low and, and mixing up the speeds. That's what Kyle Gibson has to do. And that's what Toronto struggles with a bit more than anywhere else. So uh, I do love the fact that the Orioles are a really good on the road this year 32 and 20 um, on the road here and really when they're in this situation too as dogs uh, they've covered a good amount of the time more than 50 percent so this is a situation that they've thrived in all season and I'm happy to take them to get juice here on the Baltimore money line over Toronto the first place Baltimore Orioles by the way as they'll look to continue staying atop the AL East the best division in baseball so let's move on to game number two I'm talking about here the Brewers are at the Nationals, and I'm taking the Brewers to win this game pretty easily, minus one and a half on the run line. And and I will say right now, you, you're not going to see very many run line bets coming from me, but when there is a team that's on the road and you get a guaranteed extra half inning there in the ninth, even if they're winning, that's where I feel really good about a, a run line and an extra opportunity for the better team in this situation. Um, it's minus 120 for them to win by at least two runs in this game, and I am putting .4 units on it. The best odds I found were on Caesars. Uh, as you're listening to this on the morning of Monday, you're probably going to see similar uh, numbers on DraftKings and FanDuel right around minus 120 for the run line for the Brew Crew in this game, and They've got Corbin Burns on the mound, and he's taking on Jake Irvin, and I, <laughs> Irvin's been a very fadeable pitcher all season long, and Corbin Burns has been his usual self, specifically as of late, especially. Um, you know, He's 9-6 and six on the season. He's got a 3-4-6 ERA, really nice 1.04 whip, um, and he recently faced the Reds, and that was a really good indication of how he's doing. I mean, he gave up uh, two earned runs in that one and just three hits, and that was over six innings. So he was really, uh, really dealing in that game and still got the loss because of how bad Milwaukee's offense has been this season and they got Carlos Santana over the weekend that I think at least helps them a bit as they're trying to stay atop the Reds in this division and the Reds offense is much better than theirs right now they just own the pitching battle for sure and and they kind of own the Reds which is nice but this is also another good spot for them against a really bad Washington team and a really bad starter right now and Jake Irvin who seems to be getting the bulk of his time out there on the mound right now strictly because the Nationals are pretty much giving up on the season. And as a result, Jake Irvin is a younger guy who's going to keep getting innings no matter how he does. Um, and he's been bad, especially as of late. Uh, on the season, he owns a, uh, I believe, a 5.23 ERA. Really, I'm looking over his last five games and, and really since July started where he's gotten a bunch of starts here. 26 and a, uh, almost 27 innings, 26.2 innings that he's pitched with a 5.4 ERA, a 1.31 whip. The expected numbers are a little bit worse. He's got a eight home runs allowed in those five starts because he's not getting any ground balls. He's giving a lot of hard contact up as well. Um, and this is going to be a Milwaukee lineup that I think can at least take advantage of the fact that Jake Irvin has struggled so heartily against righties. 
really against lefties as well, uh, but especially against righties where you think he might have a little bit better of an advantage. They're still seeing the ball really well with a nice hard hit contact rate against him. It's bad for him. It's good for those batters. Um, so I think Milwaukee is going to continue to ride Corbin Burns. Even if he gives up a couple runs, I think Milwaukee can get about five off of uh, Washington in total in this game. Uh, and, and I think, you know, with Washington, they just don't, they don't create runs. They just hit for average and avoid striking out. But when you're a team as bad as they are all in all different facets of the game, you at least need to be strong in, in, in power and you need to be able to get runs without getting, you know, eight hits in a row, essentially. So the fact that I don't think they're going to be able to do that against Corbin Burns, who has only given up those three hits uh, over the, the six innings, the previous six innings he pitched in the previous outing, also less than five hits allowed. So if they can't string hits together and can't get the ball out of the park, like I don't think they will be able to do, uh, expect Milwaukee to, to not need very many runs to win this game by at least two like I said, minus 120, I'm putting another 0.4 units on that one. And let's just finish things off here with the Atlanta game. Finishing things off here with Atlanta in Atlanta, taking on the surging Angels right now who, rather than give up as the season sort of seemed to be going for them, maybe trade Shohei Otani, try to get something back for him before he potentially leaves this offseason. They went the reverse route and acquired Lucas Giolito. They continue to seem to be buyers, and they're clearly making a run as they're only four games back now of the wild card. Taking on this Braves team that probably still considered the best team in baseball, certainly the best offense in baseball. And this Angels offense has not been anything to sneeze at itself, which is why my first take here on this game is the over nine and a half runs. You can still get it over nine and a half. Obviously pretty high total here, but anytime you can get a total uh, that is under 10 and take the over with a Braves team in it, I would go ahead and feel pretty good about that, especially the way that the Angels have come in to hit as well as of late, especially, and really all season long against right-handed pitching. The, the Braves will have Charlie Morton on the mound, been an, a stellar starter once again for them all season long, has the righty little bit of trouble in his last couple outings, though I will say um, over his last three starts, especially not really striking guys out, is the biggest problem that you, you see from him. Uh, just nine Ks in his last three starts, over 16.1 innings pitched. And he just got rocked in Boston and at home versus Arizona in his last two starts. Went less than six in both of those games and allowed at least four earned in both of the. Well, he allowed four earned in both of those games. Really, the noteworthy thing here uh, for, for Morton is going to be how does he you know, avoid giving up the long ball? How does he avoid giving up a, a bunch of runs in streaks? Um, and, and over the last couple games, he, he actually managed to avoid giving up home runs, which is interesting. It still gave up a ton of hits. Six hits in both those games only made it to 3.2 innings uh, in, that, in that last game there against the Red Sox in Boston. So that was obviously his worst start of the season so far, the way that he just really didn't have the control in that one, even hit a batter, had five walks, which is very uncharacteristic for him. So we'll see if he can sort of turn it around a bit, but I would still bank on the, the Angels lineup that has been smashing right-handed pitching all season to be able to put up a few runs on Morton and get this game over 10, to be honest. And, and even if, if um, you know, Morton is, it has to come out, I do think that they can get to some of these Braves relievers who, you know, were used a decent amount over the weekend for Atlanta. So over nine and a half based on Charlie Morton coming in. Look, I don't want to talk too badly about Griffin Canning on the other side here for the Angels. The last time I tried to fade the youngster, he had a really, really nice outing, but I still, he's coming up against this Braves lineup. These are basically the two best teams against right-handed pitching on the season. I mean, when you look at the Angels combined stats, they're at least third or fourth or second in most of these uh, relevant, you know, leaderboard stats that are crucial. They also strike out a ton uh, against right-handed pitching, but they're slugging the ball. So they're, they're doing a lot of uh, hit, swinging for the fences. 
swinging to put the ball in the air for sure and, and see if they can get it to fly out of the park here on what should be a pretty warm evening down there in Atlanta. So I think runs will be at a premium here, and, and they'll, or they'll, be, well, they'll be something that you can go ahead and bank on happening anyway. Um, and so for over 9.5 in this game at .4 units once again uh, for the, the Braves and Angels to get 10 runs combined. So that is all the time I have for you guys in this one. Definitely make sure to follow along. Hit that follow button, like button, all that kind of stuff. You can check out the great uh, interview that I had in conversation really with Ray Agronzone if you want a really entertaining story as well. I'll plug that one more time and let you know it's up there uh, on the site as well for you guys to, to listen to Ray talk about his uh, $70,000 parlay that he failed to cash because he cashed it too early. Um, and then a couple of other really interesting uh, tidbits from him about NBA betting coming up and how he man- manages to uh, to find some really good parlays and odds. It's a pretty fun, fun listen if you guys have the time. So until I talk to you next, happy betting. Happy betting.